to like kind of push his balls and cock out of the side <laughs> with my bare hand. And I'm like, hey, bud, sorry about this, but I got to grab your knob. It's the unofficial, unexpected, and unfiltered Canadian motocross race review featuring Ryan the Newf Lockhart and Ryan Galt with your host, Ken Ken. Woo! Welcome everybody to the Canadian Motocross Unfiltered Podcast. As usual, we have the Canadian Motocross personalities that everyone knows and loves, Newf and Galdi. Uh, so Galdi, I guess the biggest news of the weekend we should get into first, uh, you saved a guy's life. So <laughs> why don't you explain? I think everybody so, will enjoy hearing about it. Yeah, just comes in hot right off the I, how, how I relate this to is if you ever watched um, <laughs> Couples Retreat where Vince Vaughn gets nicked by the shark. And he makes it way more dramatic than it really was because it was just like this little scratch. But uh, yeah, um, it was yeah a situation. I'm literally about to go watch a noof ride his plus thirty moto on the Saturday. Me and my wife, and uh, get over there, and I'm I don't know a few cocktails in. It's having a pretty nice day, nice Saturday. Went and saw Banff in the morning and stuff. And then I see a medic flag on this part of the track that's kind of tucked down in the corner. So I don't know, there's no one really around. And I'm like, all right, I'll go over there. And then Jim Fredrickson is literally, who is the trainer for Ride Every Nap. He's not far from where I was standing too. And he kind of sees it. And we both sort of kind of go almost at the same time. He was maybe just a little bit behind. And I get down to this guy and he's crawled himself up off the track. And he, I'm like, hey, bud, you okay? He's like, no, I'm cut, man. I'm cut real bad. And I get down there and it's just full pork sandwich hanging at the side of his fucking leg. Like blood and meat and shit. And I'm like, oh, oh, fuck, this doesn't look good. So then, like, not even a second later, Jim gets there, and, and he's like, holy shit, that looks fucking bad, man. That looks really bad. And I'm like, okay, we need to we need to try to stop the bleeding. So I didn't have anything really on me. So I was I grabbed the, the guy's gloves. I grabbed the fucking wound and kind of uh, turned the gloves upside down kind of thing. Grabbed the fucking wound to try to stop it there. And then Jim, like, out of nowhere comes. I can't remember if it was, like, a towel or a jersey. A jersey. I think it was, it might've been his Jersey. I don't know. I, I, I think it was his Jersey. Um, yeah. Put wraps him in a tourniquet, like puts a tourniquet around the guy, the kid's leg. I just keep saying kid. He's 27. His name's Brady Love from Kenora, Ontario. And uh, puts him in the tourniquet and um, basically all is well. So in the, in the moment, everybody's this full panic mode, the medics, the people are just like, it's nonsense. Of course, like, I mean, I guess a little pat on the back here. I've seen enough of these things. I'm trying to keep everybody just relax, relax. I go, I go, who I go, the medic, get one of your people, get on the radio, call the 911. The medic took a little bit to get there too. Cause the, the where the flag was, was kind of hard to see. And the radio yeah. Yeah. wasn't working and stuff like that. Anyway, the guy, uh, he was fine. He wasn't passing out. So you knew that you didn't hit the artery. Cause obviously if you lose a lot of blood, you pass out. He wasn't going white. He was fully coherent. And, uh, and he went to the hospital there, right? and um, they they took it took a while. New foot was it forty five minutes? You waited on the well, start gate. Yeah, like the, we kept we were sitting on the start gate, could, could hear the, the the like the sirens coming, but just like nothing came. Like yeah, right? it was it was really weird. And but yeah, it was forty five minutes <laughs> to an hour for sure. <laughs> uh, and so there's usually a man. There's usually ambulances on site. There's a bit of a discrepancy between triple crown and the and the local track amsa thing and 
I don't know where the finger gets pointed, but it was not a great medical covered situation. Uh, and we're going to get into the Wack Kerr one, which is a, l- a lot similar, apparently, from what the news I got last night. Yeah, but from Brady Love, yeah. uh, um, unfortunately, I'm still here. I texted her and said, hey, are you still at the hospital? By some sort of miracle, there was no serious injury other than the laceration. I ruptured the main vein, which they said was no issue. They blocked it. They blocked it off. Muscle, ligaments, tendons, arteries were untouched. Hell, they said there was barely even any dirt in the in the gloves. So I think or in the cut. So I grabbed the good gloves. They weren't dirty. <laughs> uh, I was going to be out today. The surgeon put him put a drain in to monitor his infections. Keep swelling down. Said he had to stay a minimum of forty eight hours. But he said uh, in ten days the doctors and everybody said he'll be one hundred percent. So, okay. um, quick thinking on Jim's part. I, the tourniquet thing was something I I really didn't think of right away. He did that. I think that probably. Uh, helped to stop that blood. But again, by the sounds of it, he didn't really nick anything crazy serious. So, yeah. but in the moment you didn't know that, right? So no, you can't assume um, that either. Right. But yeah, the, the story afterwards, that oh, man, I saved you guys life today. Yep. Saved you guys life today. But <laughs> uh, it was, it was a lot more dramatic looking when you got there than the end up scene, but uh, everybody did it. Well, they got the ambulance, they carted him off and he'll be, I don't know, by the sounds of it, he'll be racing in a couple of weeks, probably, you know, back the on the guy, road. Uh, the guy's got a sweet name though. Brady love. That's like yeah, a porn that's name. That's a porn name for yeah. sure. Yeah. Well, <laughs> hey, um, I can vouch that he is doing all right in the uh, penis department because I had to grab his dick to push it out of the way <laughs> for Ken to for Ken to put the turn or for Ken sorry for Jim to put the tourniquet around. I had to like kind of push his balls and cock out of the side <laughs> with my bare hand, and I'm like, "Hey, bud, sorry about this, but I got to grab your knob." And uh, he's like, "Just go, whatever." He's laying do back. What you and gotta then, do, like, yeah. yeah, do what you got to do. And, and so. Um, hey, if he does get in the porn industry, he'll probably be doing all right. I don't know. Um, but, uh, that was that moment. That was the, the moment there it was, it was, it was definitely one of the more, uh, sort of grosser things that I've seen. Yeah. Um, so yeah, when you, you see that a little more panic sets in, but uh, everybody did a, a good job. They got them off and it took way longer in my opinion than it needed to. Like if this yeah. was my race in Ontario, uh, they didn't really seem like they had like a lead person doing the medic thing. And then the other ones are just kind of standing around and. I don't know. I just, I felt like it obviously it's great that he's safe and all that good stuff. That's the important thing. But um, it could have been a lot dealt with a lot quicker, moved along and stuff like that for sure. I mean, a great indication if someone's got a huge cut like that, they're going to pass out because they're losing so much blood. Right. He did not pass out. He was breathing fine. His heart wasn't pounding, all that kind of stuff. So again, I don't have medical training, but I've seen enough of shit where I can assess that situation is pretty good. Same with Jim. And, um, uh, but anyway, Brady Love, the porn star, will be back. Uh, bow chicken, wow, wow, uh, <laughs> so, soon enough. <laughs> yeah. so, okay. Um, and now to the dot. Yes, Ken, I, we have a we have an employee on our show that is a yeah. cheater. Cheater. He's a cheater. Yeah. <laughs> I am. I am a cheater. I am a rule breaker. <laughs> I am uh, the guy that tries to get every little bit of advantage as I can and then lie saying that I didn't see it. Um, that's basically it. I got docked for jumping on. Uh, I don't know if it was Red Cross or Yellow. They didn't really. No, if, if it was Red Cross, it should be disqualification. No, nope. uh, it was so, Yellow. Five spots. Five spots. Five the spots, extreme man. of a yellow. Five is the, the max second, in the book. Second time in my life I've ever been docked. So 25 years, well, over that, closer to 30 years of uh, riding and racing experience. Second time ever. Well, as you get older, if you look for the easier way to do things, and, you know, so um, 
I, I feel another one will be coming, dude. You gotta, you gotta be careful. Like you're, you're, you're walking that line of you know being a cheater. It's, it's... You're making an example out of me. <laughs> but I, Paul Pookie was like excited. Oh yeah, oh yeah. No, they were still. It wasn't. It wasn't the guy that I guess gave it to you. He told me this when we were eating lunch in the in the sweet VIP rig. Yeah. Like the, the wild rose set up for us that he's like that guy didn't even know who ryan was so it was it's a totally legit totally legit but then he said it over the radio and we, i just started giggling i just started giggling <laughs> <laughs> yeah pretty funny good times right, right there i got a bigger target on my back than dylan ray um yeah. well maybe not but <laughs> you're there though you're there yeah, yeah, but uh, that was it right there for a couple little dramatic ways to kick off the weekend. And um, yeah, Newf the cheater and Galdi the lifesaver and Ken the fucking ghost. <laughs> On Saturday, I would have saw him first, Galdi, and he just like fucking appears out of like the fog. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, there's Ken. Like, fuck, haven't heard. I didn't give us any updates on your drive. Nothing. Just. Newf, did you buy? Have you anybody chance seen the car that Ken has? <laughs> no, one. I haven't. Oh I, my god! <laughs> like the Batmobile? No, it's a it's oh. a it's a golf, right? Uh, Jetta, yeah. So oh, Jetta. So he goes. He tells us we're like. I'm like, hey, we're gonna go to dinner Saturday night there. And I'm like, hey, you just, you can drive us. Yeah, no problem. He's like, be forewarned, my car is a piece of shit. Oh. And I'm like, all right, whatever. And we get out there, and it is. A fucking huge piece of shit. Ten, like, ten out of ten. It looks piece of literally shit, yeah. like he just bought this thing on the way to the track from a fucking homeless family that needed to get booze money to go <laughs> fucking survive a night. It was awesome. And the even better part, Ken, for everybody that hasn't met him and probably didn't on the weekend either because he's such a ghost, he's six fucking six, and he's <laughs> he's got himself stuffed into this Jetta. His knees are in the dash, man. Yeah. The fucking Aww. steering wheel is in his chest. He looks like if if anybody ever watched The Simpsons early on, there was an episode yes, of a guy I know what you're talking where about, uh, yeah. where um it's the the guy that eh, eh, yeah. he saw he's like look at that guy in the car eh, eh. and it's yeah, a dude Nelson. that gets out of this like little tiny bug and he's like nine feet tall and his fucking knees his knees yeah. are in his eyes and the steering wheel's <laughs> in his face and it's <laughs> I just started laughing my ass <laughs> off with it. It was so far neck from driving that thing because you probably gotta have your head turned. It's fucking in the roof right no it's actually not bad if there's not somebody sitting in the back i can the seat goes all the way back basically right until it, it touches so when i'm just driving by myself it's comfortable you I gotta put, rip it out like uh uh bubba or hightower in police academy rip yeah seats at police yeah, academy one and just drive from the back seat yeah <laughs> <laughs> it was beautiful it was beautiful but it got us to him from the dinner and let's get here let's get, we're gonna talk race now let's get some thanks and to the people that support us, big shout out to KTM, Husqvarna, and Gas Gas Canada. The competitive com- competition aggressive of KTM, the sophistication serious and personal of Husqvarna, and the community shared fun of riding on Gas Gas. Big thanks out to Allison Thompson and the KTM uh, group um, uh, group brands there. Uh, she was there on the weekend. They did a really cool like Stasic thing. Uh, they did this cool like this hot dog deal on Friday. Um, and, uh, anyway, really, really stoked to have those guys on boards. And, uh, if you're looking to buy a bike right now, KTM's swinging pretty high. The fence is on the podiums all the time. So, uh, join them and you'll be uh, supporting us along the way. Uh, race tech race tech is the world's largest aftermarket motorcycle suspension modification company with over 35 years of providing factory level suspension to the everyday rider. Here's actually a funny question. Newf, and you'll get this cause you saw the Twitter. Well, Ken, you did too. Did you know that Charlie Johnson rides a dirt bike? 
<laughs> like, yeah. how funny was that tweet that uh, Checker sends Checkers, up to us? Yeah. He's like, he's never even told me he's rides before. Yeah. <laughs> but that's, that's so Charlie, though. He's like the most humble human that you uh, So just funny. So no, the guy, the guy that owns Racetech or is big up at Racetech, he doesn't really know that his Racetech provider in Alberta, Charlie Johnson Racing Suspension, actually rides dirt bikes, too. 16, I thought that... 1619. Yeah, he did awesome, dude. He was yeah, up to like 12th and, and Moto 2, I think it was. Uh, I'll look, we'll look on the stats here, but he was up, he was up closer to the top 15. Um, 12, in one of the motos, 12th and Moto 1, he was 12th on the first lap. There it is, okay, yeah. And um, Moto 2, he Moto 2 he had another good start. Um, where did he go here? Eighth, eighth oh, wow. on the first lap. Across the Beautiful. Line Good yeah. job, Charlie. Way to go, buddy. And, and thank you so much for supporting us here. All Race Tech products are 100% guaranteed and made in the USA. Hit up Charlie or CGR Suspension on Instagram or just DM us any way you want through Twitter or our socials and we can uh, get you connected with Charlie Johnson Racing Suspension. Bristol Coachworks, custom moto van builds right here in Canada, whether they're full-on builds or just accessories for making basic moto vans for the Weekend Warrior. The old Hubert Monster Energy Sprinter, the new McNabs, G, uh, Sprinter, the GDR Lounge are just some things you can see at the track that Bristol Coachworks has done. We do a little bit of everything. RV repairs, refurbishment, full of poultry division to do boat and vehicle interiors, and a 55-foot-long paint booth to paint commercial trucks and vehicles. Follow on YouTube and Instagram at Bristol Coachworks. And CallisMoto.com, Canadian brand, focused on the ride, fueled by passion. 100% of the proceeds go directly back into the sport. And you now can support us with our very first code. If you're a fan of Canadian Motocross Unfiltered, use the code CMXU at checkout and get 20% off all orders, all products at callousmoto.com. Uh, thanks to Rick Cook and the Callus Moto family. So uh, CMXU is the code CMXU. Use that at checkout and you'll get yourself a 20% uh, discount there. So uh, pretty cool to uh, have our first code, boys. It's almost like we've, We've reached another level, another milestone in podcast uh, history here in Canada for us. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> With the amount of employees we have nowadays, we're going to need to keep going. <laughs> uh, Adrian works for a good price, buddy. He yeah. works for a nice price. We're going to need an HR good job too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, okay, Kenny, pick your pick your class. Let's get into it. Lots uh, of things we can talk about from racing here. Yeah, I think we talked about it a little bit, but I think... There's lots to talk about in both classes, so maybe it's kind of random here, but we did 450 first last week, so let's do 250 first this week. Sounds good. Let her go. Uh, so I think basically the best way to, to to attack this is just talk about those top three. I think there's uh, – Natsuki had a good ride, but I think those top three is is kind of the group that needs to be talked about, and and maybe Benoit was just a touch behind, behind them there. But um, So Ryder McNabb, that first moto was good, and – the uh, conditions weren't great for that, and he did a really good job. And but uh, Benoit was able to to stick with him, and then Harrison was just kind of a little bit behind that. Um, I guess Noof, what do you think? Uh, what can you tell us about Riders Ride uh, for both motos? I guess uh, on the weekend. Well, there's no question, Ken. You're you're right. It seems like those top three are kind of separating themselves a little bit um, from the rest, and I'm not given up hope on Natsuki yet. No, um no. listening to Galdi's interviewed last night with him there on the on the uh rider rider check in side of things and obviously he's gonna be good when it comes east but uh the most impressive thing for me with Ryder is that 
look at his starts. Like, yeah. Jesus, like that was something that I, I don't know. I guess maybe you, you, you can give KTM the nod. Maybe, maybe he's just a better stirrer on that bike. Maybe it's just a better bike all around. But to see him start up front is so weird. And Goldie, like, we just never used to see it. He would we talked about from, it lots last year. Yeah. Like, he, yeah, he like had that issues. Was it. Yeah. That championship would have been one and done a lot earlier for him last year if it wasn't for his shitty starts but man he's really cleaned it up and looks comfy on the bike and i think that these these two weeks off are are even going to be you know obviously for everybody to kind of have a little bit of a a break and and, and continue to heal right because obviously the new rider came in and hurt but um his starts are impressive but i will say i think harrison was the better guy yesterday um that first moto from Harrison, it took him a while to get going. But when he got going, like he reeled uh, Benoit and McNabb in, in that yeah. second moto. And it was also kind of cool. Uh, Benoit did whole shot that first moto, I believe, and McNabb got him. But then Ryder couldn't shake Benoit the whole moto, literally 25 plus two. Yeah. Um, it was close. It was good race in the 250 class um, <laughs> overall. Yeah, 100%. Um, like, uh, the starts are completely the difference right now. He was, he got one of them. One of them was a whole shot. And then he was like second in the other one behind Ben. All right. So, or actually, sorry, no, Harrison was uh, the second old shot, but it was while in the first moto, it took him a bit to get Benoit, right. He didn't get into it till um, third lap. And yeah. then, but the first or the second moto, he did it right away. Right. Yeah. He got, I think he was leading before he even got to that section where he passed Benoit in the first moto where they went around the outside where I don't know if you saw that pass news, but we had it on TV where they did the, is that what called the Walt Healy, the big one by the by the by the city, by the edge of the city, the big tabletop? No, that's down. the international. I thought the international is the one where Kerr went down. No, that's the one ten. Okay, so the international down into the valley and then the right. He yeah. he goes around the outside like it was, like like Benoit was standing still, and then launches down to the bottom of the hill, lands in the braking bumps, gets yeah. a bit of front wheel wall or front, um, hand, hand, the handling bars take a bit of a a snap back and forth and, and he hangs onto it. And Benoit almost all day, every time I talked to him, I did an interview at the end of the day, we were talking in the morning and then on the TVs, like, man, these kids, they just send it. Like they just, this is something that, and if you listen to that podcast there, the wrap up, he says, he's like, I got to just get a little more intensity. Mm-hmm. If I want to beat uh, Harrison and, and McNabb, they're just so damn fast at times. And I'm just like, not ready to go that fast in that moment. And, uh, excuse me, a showcase there a little bit, uh, especially in the second moto. He was he was quite off the pace of both Harrison and McNabb. But I, I would throw up, not, I don't know if I could agree totally that Harrison was the better one. He was pretty damn good for sure at the end of the moto. And then the second moto, um, I don't know if you actually saw this, Noof. But, um, so we're watching the battle. I think it was like the Racine Scott. Yeah. Uh, like Ward was battling with somebody. There was just like... From like fifth to ninth or tenth, it was just they were all on each other. Right, so we're trying to watch something, and as it happens, Alec Belia, who runs the scoring, he kind of like uh, we're doing the TV, kind of gets our attention, and he's like number one, and he kind of makes the not the, the signal like went down, and mm-hmm. then so he goes down somewhere. Harrison's got a big lead. Well, it turns out after the race, Harrison actually tipped over, yeah, in a turn, and McNabb tried to miss him and hit his bike and whiskey like off the track and fell over. Yeah. So I didn't. I don't know. I don't know if you were on that. You were on the floor, like seeing things. I don't know if you saw this. I don't know where it happened. No, I didn't watch the second two fifty moto because we were changing a lot of parts on on uh, Dylan's bike after his big get off. But um, 
But yeah, I know if you look on at lap number seven of the second moto, uh, 228 for Harrison and a 237 oh, yeah. for McNabb. But the 228 was four seconds slower than most of Harrison's laps. So obviously Harrison just tipped over um, and whatnot. But yeah, I mean, either way, I mean, those guys were going at it. Yeah. I just really felt that Harrison came on strong um, at the end of that first moto. I mean, if you look at it, he started seventh. Yeah. Um, and you know, at one point the lead, the lead, but he was 16 seconds behind and the moto ended at nine seconds. So, you know, he made up a lot of time towards the end of that moto. And I, I had a good feeling that he was, um, come moto two. Good to see him get the whole shot thing after, you know, sending motor issues and stuff around one. He's got the confidence back in the bike, right? That, you know, getting the whole shot, everybody's going for it. He's yeah. got to feel good about that bike. And I know that, uh, Paul at LRX there is kind of helping out. Um, the last two rounds because it's just too hard to get the motors down to PR2, get everything fixed up and get them back cost-wise as well. So, but, cool talk to see that. About, but talk about just like, okay, so McNabb with the red plate, Benoit nine points behind, Natsuki 25, Harrison 56. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, even even 25, I don't see McNabb or Benoit barring a disaster finishing off the podium the rest of the year. Like, or I mean, of course they can, there's still a lot of racing to go, but from what we've seen in the first, uh, you know, seven motos, I mean, these guys have been the most dominant Harrison, a little bit up and down, um, obviously with that bike problem. Um, and Natsuki's just been, I mean, he's been good, but he hasn't shown me what I thought I was going to see you guys. I, yeah, go ahead, Ken. Well, I just think I get, I don't know. You guys are the professional, former professional racers. Like he's never raced these tracks before. How much does that have to do with it? Where, like, but he, well, he, he, he goes to Ontario. Yeah. Yeah. And he was better. So I don't know. Like I hope he said, <clears throat> you said you listened to if it. He says in that thing, he was really confident coming in mm-hmm. this weekend and he botched both concrete starts. Yeah. Um, and that basically set him back. Now I don't even, I don't think if he did get the starts, he had the pace to run with those guys. It still might have been, you know, if he started first or second, he still might have been a four-four day. But he had to come from behind to get the four-four day. Yeah. Um, I think that, um, like again, I asked him in that. I said, "Are you, you know?" He's like, "I didn't." I, 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 I asked him if, "Are you sort of taking your time and and kind of waiting for the east?" He's like, "Well, I didn't want to do it that way, but now I kind of have to plan that way." Yeah. So, um, you know, he still feels he's in it. He has twenty-five points. It's a big gap, right? And like you said, Newf McNabb. Harrison Benoit, it's going to be hard seeing them get off the podium, but we do got this two week break. Um, actually, three weeks with two weekends, you know. So the Wards and the Racines and the the um, um, uh, Piccolo coming back, maybe being a factor once he gets back, kind of thing. Like they have some time to sort of, you know, shake out the cobwebs and get back sort of going again. So we'll see if they can kind of play a factor as well. But um, yeah, the, the McNabb and, and Benoit, man, they're just. And and Benoit is so freaking smart right now. Like he's yeah. he's like the he's like a, he's like almost overeducated. Every time I talk to him, he's like I'm, I I know what I'm doing. I've got my plan. I I want to be there when it means the most or when it when I'm needed the most kind of thing. And uh, he's in it nine nine points here after three rounds. I don't think <clears throat> I don't think anybody's had him there. I don't think yeah. anybody did. I don't even know if he had himself there. there. <laughs> right. And uh, and then the bike switched the whole thing there. So really really impressive um and i talked to him a bunch this weekend and uh it was just cool the whole storyline going on there and, and he's using this i made this sort of comment and joke we were talking he's like this is like my release like i 
uh, you know, there's been some struggle things uh, at home and stuff like that. And, and uh, he's working through those stuff. And he's like, this is like my release. I'm like, you're like a drug addict now that this, you, you found something to get you away from the drugs. <laughs> like he just, he uses this as his, as his way to just like focus and, and uh, you know, put any negativity sort of behind and focus. And it's, he's like, man, I just, I get out there and I just fucking love riding my bike. And I love this bike. As he says, that's his favorite bike he's ever raced. Um, anyway, yes, it's really boding well. It's a cool little storyline behind it. And again, he's 17 years older than the person he's racing. <laughs> it literally, it literally, I, I want I almost, I, I'd have to do the math. John Dowd in 98 and Ricky Carmichael in 98 went at it all summer long for the 125 uh, championship down the States. And Dowd was like, he was like 333 or 34, something like that. And Ricky was right around the 18, 19. So the, but just a similar story, like yeah. a full blown grown man with children racing against a child. Like yeah. it's, it's wild. The distance between <laughs> them all, right. It's, it's the age gap. It's, we're going to talk about it all year, but it's just such a crazy sort of, thing you know and and uh to see and um i'm loving it. I'm, as a fan man i think it's freaking great and yeah like once we go east you know Nosky went one one at gopher so he's excited about that um tanner ward let's talk about him right now six five yeah. a great weekend two back-to-back decent starts two back-to-back decent motos you got to figure that's going to give a little bit of shot of confidence as we head into like hometown area here. yeah well i mean at least we saw Tanner this weekend, right? Like, he's been really quiet. I mean, his second moto in Kamloops was pretty good. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. He, was in, he was in the fight this week a little bit. I mean, he was still a long ways off those top three guys. But, like you said, Golly, better starts. Um, just looked a little more racy out there, even right from the moment the gate dropped for practice. Like, he just looked to be more confident and stuff like that. And, um Obviously, he's going to probably utilize these next two weeks. I, everybody's going to utilize these next two weeks, right? Yeah. Because I think, I think there's some guys that are obviously where they want to be, and there's other guys that have some work to do, right, that probably thought that they were ready when they came in. But, um, yeah, it was good to see. I mean, Tanner's such a good guy. He's good for the sport. Um, it's nice to see him up in that top five battle, for sure. So, Sebastian Racine, um I don't. I think that's kind of the back end of what uh, the team is hoping for for him, but it's good that he's up in there and he just kind of worked his way in there. So, Galdi, what uh, what can you tell us about Sebastian? Um, didn't really seem to get a decent start. I think in Moto One it was yeah. one of them. He got the start, but kind of went backwards. Moto uh, One, yeah, it was fifth in Moto One, went back to seventh, and then finished sixth, and start and finished fifth, and then well, I thought maybe it was I thought he was higher than one in one of them. Seen, oh, he's 12th there in second moto. So, um, yeah, it was moto one. I mean, yeah, it, the, the the cool thing about this, and I talked to Kevin Tyler in the manager's uh, interview this last week there, and he's like, we're in this for the long haul. You know, last week at Camelot was a rough one. He's like, we're in this for the long haul. So there's not a lot of pressure on this kid. I think from what we saw last year and him finishing third in the series as a rookie, basically, and then, you know, almost winning a moto. I, I think our expectations are a little higher than what we're getting. This is decent. Um, but I would, you know, you probably want to see him on the back half of the podium, maybe in the force with Noski out here for sure. But you also got to think McNabb, Harrison, and Benoit, they're fucking flying right now. Yeah. Right? Like they're going, going so hard. fast. And then to try to get into that as well, if you weren't quite ready for that pace at the beginning, you're not going to find it in the next two rounds, right? You got to, adjust is going to take a little bit longer so 
Um, I mean, 5'7", solid weekend, good points, all that kind of stuff. But I, he's got more in him, for sure. The, yeah. the East is going to be friendlier for him. The whole, you know, sand and stuff like that. And MX-101 Sand Lee, that's his home track. So he'll uh, the East will be a, a, a where we really see what Racine is made of. And, I mean, if he finishes fifth in this series, say, um, you know, behind Nazi, Benoit, Harrison, McNabb, that's still, even though he finished third last year, Fifth is almost the same as a third, in my opinion, with the way that the stack field is. Yeah, and just yeah, have, exactly adding right. Cabin in there, right? Yeah. yeah, exactly, right? You know, kind of thing. So, um, impressive for sure. Uh, uh, new, if you, you're the, you got the Noah Viney Noah Viney whisper. Yeah. I thought he wrote good, man. I, I, I think it was Moto Two that he got a kind of a bad start. He, he climbed from way back to get up into there. Yeah, starts weren't good either. Moto, obviously, concrete at 120 pounds isn't necessarily. <laughs> yeah ideal situation but yeah i mean even though the results were very similar to Kamloops, i do think he rode better this weekend um he did kind of get dropped a little bit in the in the first moto but i mean he's still learning he's still learning a lot um it's he's going east they're on their way to go for dunes right now so oh really um yeah they're gonna go back back there and do some riding and training and um I think we're going to see him the rest of the year at this point. Um, on on the GDR bike or? Uh, that is, we're still waiting to figure out where Piccolo's at, right? Obviously, we're not just going to toss Piccolo to the side and, and, and move on, right? We want him to come back, but we also don't want him to come back when he's not ready to. So, right. Um, I mean, I think we're all very hopeful for Piccolo to come back at Gopher Dunes. I don't foresee that happening. Okay. Um, I'm thinking probably realistically for the last three rounds for Piccolo. At this oh, point. wow. Okay. Oh, it's that far just, out, yeah. Just to make sure he's ready. I mean, he, he's he got a ride. I mean, we're not just going to toss him on the bike with no riding. I and mean, He's going to have to, you know, get his ass going here pretty pretty soon and, and get back on it. But the Viney thing's working out okay. I, I, I the kid, He's a good kid. He, he tries. He doesn't make excuses you know he knows that he can be better um but yeah seven six my expectations really aren't a lot higher for him do i think he can crack that top five i think he can get pretty close to it um but uh yeah i mean i think he just needs to keep plugging away and keep doing gate drops and uh and keep keep it moving uh so jair mitchell so i guess before we get into him uh, I've been saying his name wrong for the last couple podcasts. I uh, never properly. Everybody does. Yeah. Don't worry about that. Okay. So Jair Mitchell, um, man, he's got speed. Like he'll, he'll have thirds of motos or quarters of motos where it's like, holy crap, he's moving. And then mistakes start piling up and then people all of a sudden start catching him. out. I, I don't know. Galdi, what do you think? Is that like fitness? Uh, what, what, what causes that to happen? Well, if you listen to when Adrian did the interview there, he said that um, he hadn't been really riding much, right, and stuff like that. So I think he's just kind of – he's racing himself into race pace shape uh, right now. I, I think he's in decent shape because I don't think he uh, does anything silly in his life. He's probably eating decently and doing exercise and stuff like that, him and his dad on the road. But um, uh, he's definitely got the speed, like you said, but he doesn't have the full moto of consistency speed in there, and that's why you're, you're seeing a 10-8. He'll be better. He'll be better on these. He'll, he'll take these two weeks, and I bet he puts the time in. Um, and I seen them in the pits. So I didn't. Every time I went by, they weren't there, but I saw where they were pitted. It looks like a little homeless camp, um, right there. They, they're just you know, it's it's t- true privateer. Yeah. Um, I went by there three times, and I didn't and missed them. And I 
I was going to try to interview him at the end of the day, and I, I don't know, I just, I never did, I never saw him, but um, uh, decent. He's he's good, and I think you'll see him closer to being more consistent in the top five or battling in and around that top five at the end of motos, I believe, on the East Coast. Um, that's my my expectation on that. Something happened to him in the second moto. Uh, a message came through a group chat on WhatsApp. Uh, Steve Sims asking for a medic at his tent uh, for Mitchell. So I don't oh. know. I mean, he finished the moto. He got eighth, but I don't know yeah. what happened there. I didn't ask, obviously. But, uh, yeah. Huh. Okay. Well, let's hope he's okay. Yeah. Okay, this next group here, Tanner Scott. Um, Marcus Ducey and well, actually we could even throw Ufumzef in there, but Austin Jones, I think is probably maybe the standout of that group. Um, Galdi, you interviewed him after the race. He seemed really yeah. excited and I think he deserved to be excited because that was a good, a good ride. I think, I think he's going to be my guy to touch base with this week, but, uh, Tanner Scott solid was not like in the West coast, not fitting in. It's not going well. Under the, there wasn't a lot of this wasn't said to me, but it's very distant over there at the MVP pits. Like there's not a lot of talking and camaraderie and team stuff. I believe happening. Okay. Um, I just kind of was I was I was being a bit secret to be honest with you. I was standing like around and kind of staring and seeing what was going on. If there's any conversations, like, so I don't know. Maybe that's just me looking from what I saw. I just didn't see a lot of like team type stuff there. But he was able to pull eleven nine, so good on him. Ducey, great job. He's been a little inconsistent so far, so a nine eleven. Uh, for him, and he was in a battle every, like every lap, it seemed, in the second moto. Um, awesome, but yeah, the Jones, Austin Jones, he went, what do you go? He went like 15 DNF something at, at uh, Edmonton, then he was 14 14 last weekend. He was in 14th in both motos this weekend, and then ends up going 13 10. So, um, climbing the ladder, and yes, in that interview, he was very excited, he even got just a little emotional. Yeah, it's been a rough, it's been a rough road for him. Um, uh, it was wild. I was talking with Kevin Tyler about it. Like he hasn't really raced that much. He's literally raced like say 10 times, 12 times in the last three years from injuries. So he doesn't have like this race craft type thing. That's and it. He almost gets a little frightened, I think when he's out there, but I don't know this weekend, he showcased that he's, he's the kid is fast. He's got skills. He works hard. And, uh, the 13, 10, he was, he was, uh, complimented there 11th overall, uh, 13, 10, but, uh, still it was, it was cool. It was a good interview at the end of the day. Ufamzef, I know he had a good first moto going, and then he ran into the down bike of Quinn, I think, maybe. or, or, or I'm not too sure what happened to the first moto, because he was like eight, and then at the checker flag, he was 15. Yeah. Um, right? If you look at the lap times, moto one, Ufamzef, you go down, he was up uh, 11, 10, 10, 10, 10. 12 and then uh, 12, 12, 13, 11, 10. He was up to ninth with two laps to go, and then he fell back to 15, 15. Okay. Um, so, yeah, something happened there. Not too sure what that was. But um, I, he rode fast. He, he was, from what I did see, was like very s small glances. Had a decent weekend. Slosher off the picks this weekend. Poor Dylan Rempel. So, Noof, I don't know. Oh, you said you weren't down on the start line for the second uh, no. 250. So, it's all, we're on camera. They're trying to bump start the damn bike. He gets eighth in Moto One, has a great ride. Gets eighth in Moto One, and then uh, you might know this. There's like a, there's some sort of sensor in the airbox. Yeah. So Julian makes his way down there, and he just like basically rubs this sensor like a fucking genie bottle, and <laughs> the motor starts. Like that's what that's what he yeah. yeah. So 
Okay, so all of a sudden the bike can't, can't get wet, so don't wash. What is it, a fucking Stasic? Don't, don't wash the bike. <laughs> like, don't, don't wash that Cali, Whoa. man. You won't be able to start the fucking thing. Like, I mean, when you're, I, I don't know, I, I'm just speculating on this, but I'm just, I'll speak on behalf of our team at least. When we wash bikes, it's not like you and I washing bikes at home, Goldie. We wash them, they sit in the garage, they dry, we ride them a week later. But when you're riding back to back motos like that, we're blowing things out, right? We're, we're like, you know, air to get all the water out of this stuff and, and whatnot. So, and it's crazy with the schedule. There's not a shitload of time in between motos, right? No, so, no. um, and it was muddy in that first moto and you had, and that dirt is like super hard to get off. So I'm sure they used an excessive amount of water on the bike. Um, but yeah, shitty. I mean, he did have a good moto, good first moto. I, yeah. I thought it was, I mean, eighth is, is good. I'm sure he probably wants more, but uh, bummer, bummer to the to the second moto. Um, do we know what happened to Hunter Slosher? Like nothing. 12? Yeah, that's yeah. way worse than he's been, right? Yeah, like 12, 12, 16. That's no clue. Yeah. And, then, and then let's talk about Tyler Yates for a minute, Galdi. Do you know this story? Nope, I got nothing on him. So go ahead. So let's go to Moto Two. Uh, so Moto Two, Tyler Yates six. Seven 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 six six seven nine fourteen thirteen thirteen. So on lap ten, he did a two minute and fifty second lap time. Wow, yeah. That's because he got a black flag. Yeah, I do. Sorry, you know what's funny? I thought that was Ducey. No, but yeah, it was, so it was Yates. Yeah, they look the same. But do you know why came, he got the black flag? His helmet was undone. Yeah. So it came across the group chat um, that it got pointed out which i mean obviously he didn't do it on purpose it was a complete <laughs> mistake but pretty wild right big time that's right i it was what we have it on tv yeah, yeah. so yeah. i thought he was i thought kinger by accidentally gave him the blue flag because um, it was kind of like i don't know i wasn't fully staring at it and i'm like oh oh yates grabbed the blue flag and pulls off and then i'm like no it's the black flag yeah. and then uh alec bellia there grabs a piece of paper and he writes he says helmet was undone yeah. So the even wilder part is, what lap was that, Noof? 14? Uh, no, sorry, uh, where are we at here? Um, uh, lap 10, lap 10. So whenever it came across in the manager thing, they obviously, Kinger and Daryl found a way. They had to make sure. So in parts of the TV show, you can see Kinger and Daryl really close to the track. Yeah. Like looking, so that's what they were looking for to make sure they yeah. didn't want to black flag them. And, and then come off and be like, oh, shit, it was just, you know, uh, a fucking tag. Yeah. Sorry to take away your seventh place there, yeah. um, <laughs> uh, with that tag you got hanging down. But, um, yeah, crazy, crazy thing there. Um, Sam Gaynor wins pre-mix. Let's talk about Quinn Amiot. So yeah. I did an interview with him. <laughs> he has a, a silly crash. He called it a super a beginner crash. Front hand, his hand goes into the front wheel. He chops the top of his finger off, doesn't realize it, tries to finish it. Gets the moto. I think he still gets 15th and 16th. And then he tells the story of going to the hospital. They had like cut the bone. The bone was broken. And they had to like fillet his finger. And then they try to attach it. It's not going to work. He's going to have like a Brett Lee nub. Um, Ken, you wouldn't know anything about that. But <laughs> Newt knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. So he'll have a it's nub. Longer than, it's longer than Brett. So it was, it, just, it was just above the nail. It was probably like yeah. a oh. quarter inch of it was gone. I was right there when it. I, I didn't see the crash. But... I happened to just be walking back 
yeah. um, behind the start line, and he just comes running. So he didn't finish the moto. He never got the checkered flag. No, got, no, that's yeah, something I've written down because yeah. that's how far they lapped up. Yeah. Um, he comes just running, and I'm assuming his bike blew up, and he was in rage. That's what I kind of thought on the like because I watched him go by, and he was still fourth. And he's got this fucking finger, and like it literally, all you see is bone. <laughs> it was yeah, pretty wild. And I mean, he was kind of semi panicking, which I would have too. I mean, he didn't know what to do. The, the, yeah. the other piece of the the finger was in the glove. Like it, it yeah. literally, it looks like you just put your finger on a table and took a fucking saw and sawed it. It was straight, even yeah. that's what the wild thing was. Um, really. Yeah, so, it wasn't all jagged and, and stuff like that. It was just literally looks like he just put his finger out and fucking cut it right off. Yeah. So we're literally about to go live on TV for the podium interviews. I don't know anything about this. Like I'm about 15 seconds, not 20 seconds out. Shane Cuthbertson just runs into the podium area yelling and freaking out. We need a medic down there. We need a medic right now. We need a medic. And both me and Kyle are like, uh, uh. Uh, and the camera guy, like, like we none of us have a radio. Like, none of us no, have a fucking. I'm like, go to the finish line guy. Go to the radio guy. Go, like, go to the, talk to the guy with the radio. I'm like, why the fuck yeah. are you running it? And he was kind of mad. He was a little bit mad at us for like a second. I felt yeah. and I'm like, I'm, I'm like, I'm like, fuck, go see the radio. Okay, guys, yeah. welcome back. Triple Car Racing Live here. Wild yeah. Rose. Like, <laughs> like, 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 no, trust me, I was the one that told Shane to go run because you couldn't. Oh, find fuck. Because hey, I met you, know, you know where they were. I know they were dealing with the Wyatt Kerr situation. And that's where you talk about this Wyatt Kerr part. So Wyatt Kerr loses control in the face of the 110 and lands on the tunnel that goes through the underneath part of the 110 and has a laundry list of injuries. He's got the a couple of vertebrae fuse and ribs and I punctured lung, I think, too. Uh, Daryl Murphy had the list last night, and they were going to make the post. I think they've made a post by now. Yeah, cracked pelvis. Pelvis was in there. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's in Calgary for a few days. It was um, ugly. It and was ugly. So the, he was so upset. He, he wasn't even, like, hurt. I mean, that kid is tough as nails, right? You look at him, he's built like a brick shithouse. Yeah. yeah. So I guess he was – when the when he came off, I don't know if it was his body or bike, but oh. – the no 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 sorry, I'm, what am I about to say but he hit the flagger yeah he he hit the flagger's arm I guess as the flagger was putting the flag out or something like that and the kid was like I just want to know if the flagger's okay man I, I'm fine I'm gonna heal like is that flagger okay yeah. and the, Daryl was telling us the story last night like um it's just it's, he was so worried about if he injured yeah. the the flagger um it was crazy. And then in that instance, we didn't on TV, we didn't know it was Wyatt Kerr. We, we didn't have no idea it was Wyatt Kerr. So it shows Daryl waving the flag on the top of the 110. Yeah. And uh, as it, it was pretty cool, I, I gave him a nod on TV too. I don't know if you heard this, Ken, when you were watching. But yep. So yeah, I remember that as he's flagging, and I thought this was super cool, Luke, and I, that's what I give props to guys that know how to do the job and do it right. So the, the accident was cleared, but he left the Red Cross out because there was a stack of like five or six guys coming at the same time mm -hmm. and he didn't want to take it away for the guy in the front not to jump and the guy yeah. in like the fourth line jump it. So he let them all go even though the accident was cleared and then he took the flag away yeah, to uh, to make sure that like, yeah. you know what I mean? I just like education in the people that you have in those positions is so important and Daryl Murphy has got one of the best educations, one of the best eyes. I just, I really thought that was cool and I told him that last night as well, man. I like way to go that. I thought that was a great way to handle that. And then even funnier. So he's done. He's, you know, catching his breath. Well, the flagger that's kind of in like the first turn corner, the right hander before they get up to the 110, 
He's still waving the cross oh, flag. I was there and Daryl's, Daryl can't, he's trying, you see his head, he's trying to get, there's like a couple little trees there, I think you couldn't see him, and anyway, it was all good, and, and uh, it was kind of a, a funny little situation there, but um, yeah, all the best to, to Wyatt Kerr, and, and Quinn said in the interview, he hopes to be, you know, good for, for Gopher, but I, I feel like he's got, uh, he's going to be dealing with some, Dealing with some stuff with that, we got to wait till it heals and all kinds of stuff, right? So, well, just the the sensitivity of the nerves and oh man, like that's even yeah. though it's a quote unquote maybe like a little injury in a sense. I know he lost part of his finger, but it like that thing's gonna be hurting for a while. Noah Porter seventeen, Schmucky eighteen, Devin Smith got some points. Um, Brandon Schofield, we know him as the the Deegan Gate saga. Are we expecting oh, yeah. more? Should we see more? Like this is not really good at all. This is not going well at all. Um, but are is this where it should be? Like, are we only expecting more because of what he did with the Deegan thing? Uh, I don't know. I I'm like I don't. I mean, yeah. I think he should probably. I mean, he's raised in the U.S. Trainers, Loretta's. Both yeah, both like this should be better. The list goes on. Yeah, for sure. But. The, uh, like the race resume and travel resume that he's got the last yeah. two or three years, I feel like this should be a lot better. Um, I, I definitely know that your dad is not a fan. Um, we had a good conversation about that, about the incident out on the East Coast last yeah. year, the local race. I loved it. I thought it was great, making me laugh. <laughs> um, and then I want to go right down to the bottom. Um, obviously, the Kerr one there, uh, but the other one, name, uh, Davies. Um, uh, and then the Chance Blackburn, again, had a great qualifying. Yeah, and twenty five DNF, and then we did, did you get a text back about uh, Davies, Snoop? Just right this moment, as you brought it up. As okay, timing was any better. Went down first lap to thirty ninth, pushed hard for seven laps back up to nineteenth. Came off finish line table, crossed right at front tires, slipped out, slammed him down, folded wrist in the bars somehow, and couldn't move it. X rays show no brakes. Fingers crossed, we can ride Gopher. You know what? That's funny because I remember that – not funny, but in the timing and scoring, I saw him squeeze into the top 20, and I remember, like, saying I was doing, like, a rundown. So, yeah, yeah good good speed there. But, yeah, bummer. Let's hope – as a young kid, he's going to hit the dirt. He's going to rebound. He's got lots of lots of career ahead of him, so hopefully it's nothing yeah. too big and he'll be he'll be good for gopher. Um, is it 450 time now, I guess? Yeah, Do you got anything so. else in the 250s? No, I think we're good there. I, I think I think everything – well, congrats to uh, Ev Brodeur on the ninth. The ninth, yeah. I'll say that again, the ninth women's title. Um, great. It was actually, pretty, it was really good racing. I ended up watching pretty much both motors. I was just walking yeah, around the track too, and yeah. looking at the track. Um, pre-mix was boring as shit. That was boring. Hey, this did, weekend. You notice, did you notice Gainer that was good. pre-mix moto? I'm going to go to it here. So those motos are only supposed to be 12 minutes plus a lap or 12 minutes plus two, the pre-mix. Yeah. The second, oh yeah, he fucked up. He missed the checker flag, dude. It went nine laps at two yeah. minutes and thirty seconds a lap. Yeah, the finish line guy, Dave. Somebody miscommunicated to Dave, or something happened, and they fucked up, and he they got yeah. a hold of. And the even the funnier part, so he he puts he, he gives Sam Gaynor the white flag twice, and then maybe the next two or three bikes that are coming, right? Those guys were all pretty spaced out. Yeah, and then you see him on the radio and I'm in the tower and Kyle's announcing and I'm not announcing, but I'm standing there watching and I'm like, Oh, Oh, he messed up. He just messed up. And I'm telling Alec, I'm like, Hey man, he messed up. So he just takes the white and puts it away. Doesn't just keep going white flag, takes it away. And then just waits for Sam to come around and he gives him the checker. So it was kind of a funny, a little mistake, obviously not a big deal, but yeah. How do you, how do you think Marty Madsen felt on the ninth lap of that moto? 
Uh, he's probably a little tired. I didn't get a chance to see old Ma- Mad Dog Marty there. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, but yeah, congrats to Embroder and the Thor Racing Gas Gas Squad. That was pretty cool. Nine again, nine, nine, everybody, nine. She could have ten by the end of the year. But I mean, like, let's get some competition there. Come on, girls. Like Avery Berry yeah. was faster this weekend, and all she could do is crash. Yeah. So, um, well, we'll see on the east. Eve's on, Eve's on, uh, uh, she's only going to be better on the east. So, yeah. Um, all right. Let's do our little mid mid sponsories. Big thanks to uh, Guts Racing. Pulp twenty three is the code to save great seats, Mitch and stuff, lightweight phantom foam. Work with many racers and teams. And I want to thank. I think the PRMX guys run the Guts seat covers. Uh, I think they were Guts. I hope I'm not wrong. But anyway, Julian Benick has a seat on his bike. It is the length of it is the height of my it, the length of my leg, like it is so freaking tall. That's the tallest seat I've ever seen. I would be I know he's tall, but I feel like that's just like too much. Um, I, I feel like his head is on the fender when he actually sits down. Um, but uh, Gus Racing uh, helping out Julian Benick and can help you too. Uh, Renegade Race Fuels Racers that win pour it in, and of course play call bike hall or hall race fuel passionate about racing with the roots to prove it. Renegade Boys doing a great job out there, supporting lots of teams. And, um, of course, Ammo Racing. We're back racing this weekend. I'm at Sandalee uh, this coming weekend. Hopefully see lots of people coming out. It, uh, it could get a little jump on the pro nationals if uh, pros are looking to go somewhere. And Newf, uh, Matrix Concepts Canada. Yeah, Matrix Concepts Canada. Canada's distribution source for premium motocross and off-road accessories. Uh, the Matrix lineup, of course. Renthal, Works Connection. Mobius 100% Strider Balance Bikes, uh, matrixconcepts.ca, or follow us uh, on Instagram at Matrix Concepts Canada. Uh, lots of good stuff going on here. Obviously, lots of the teams using all of our products. Um, yeah, it's all good. Hey, you don't sell that stand, though? I was asking Diggs that, that cool stand that was on Dylan's bike. No, we do. You do, but you, it's just not a high-ender? I, well, it's, it's, a, brand, it's brand new. Oh, okay, okay. okay. You gotta have a little bit of a thicker wallet to uh, <laughs> pay for that one. So. Kind of a kind of a neat idea, but it's yeah. you know obviously gotta have power and all this stuff like that. No, well it's battery operator, right? Yeah, is it? okay. it's good for 150 yeah. lifts up and down. Oh, okay. Um, so oh, okay, it was plugged in then. I must have been. Well, charging. yeah, we we're just charging the battery on it. But okay, um, oh, that's cool. Yeah, you that's don't a good idea. Plug yeah. it all the time. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's guys like you or I aren't gonna take that to the track. I mean, it's more for your Frank Schuster type collection shop you know what i mean like yeah have your, yeah have your bike on it and, and stuff like that until so the battery like, dies and it, the pump goes down and those <laughs> sweet looking vintage bikes yeah, land, so land, on, <laughs> land on your floor <laughs> yeah, like, it, doesn't, it doesn't drop to the ground like that yeah. <laughs> uh okay 450s kenny yep probably just go right into dylan Wright and jess pettis as as one unit um you got to start at the brake check slash uh wave let's call it a wave on the way by when dylan went by uh that wasn't a wave, wave that was a middle yeah. fucking yeah that was, a, that was a yeah we can say that on this show i can't oh, say yeah, that yeah. on I guess, tv yeah unfiltered right, right, right. Yeah. yeah unfiltered that was yeah. an un unfiltered number one in the middle off his hand right there big time yes yeah, yeah. clear as day and in slow-mo i i, I uh, mind you as well we put it in slow-mo just for yeah, right extra fun yeah. um let's talk about the first motors from both those guys yeah. Amazing motor from Pettis gets yeah. the whole shot and just runs away. Twenty-five second lead, best race of the year. But even Dylan uh, goes down on the first lap. Um, looks like he hit the dirt pretty good. He got dirt all up at his 
on his shoulder and all kinds of stuff there. Like it wasn't easy. And then just mad dog charges. And then I, I, I didn't think that he would be able to get to the three, two where Moff and T-Dags were. I figured fourth, no problem. Mm -hmm. But man, once he got into fourth, either those guys were making mistakes and stuff like that. Cause he just kept clicking off the same laps and he caught them in like two laps, three laps, right. From a pretty good margin. I think he was about 17 seconds back. Um, and we were watching the times on TV, but like, if you, they always say, you know, you win your championships on your bad days, and and obviously Dylan is uh, an iconic. He's going to be, he'll be in our, our Hall of Fame, and he'll be talked in the lure, in the lore of Canada races and history and memories for life. But that motor right there just show, goes to show you, you kids, you just do not give up, stay smart. And he didn't ride like an idiot, Noof. And obviously you watched it every yeah. time. He, he everything he was doing was smart. He was chill. He kind of knew what he needed to do. And he just, he, he made it happen. I was that, I mean, I've seen tons from Dylan Wright and he's been impressive, but that second motor just really gave him that extra little nudge. Um, in my books, it's just like way to go way to like stay calm and cool and collected and be the champion that you are and get back to freaking second place. Um, you know, after, uh, the first lap, it was, well, he's, he's been, uh, 24th at the finish yeah. line, but he was farther back than that. Yeah, 40, yeah, 42 seconds down off the lead once he kind of got rolling there on lap four. And then yeah. closed it down to 11 at the end, which is, I mean, Jess was on cruise control. He had, Jess had no goggles on, actually, for yeah. lap three or four laps. But literally when he went down, um, Derek came over the, the radio and he's like, boys, he's down, he's down. And it didn't, like, obviously Derek has a lot of emotion and excitement in his voice and it's like, wasn't really sure if he was going to get up because it was a pretty hard crash. Um, and then, yeah, he slowly picked himself up. And I mean, that track and that first moto was scary for me with Dylan because like, we know how much he trusts like the dirt and the ground. Yeah. And then, like it was slippery. Like I was on my freaking tippy toes a couple times um, of being like, holy shit, man. Like did you guys see his scrubs? Like he made. Oh, yes, I have he, that written down. He, that... he passed. He passed T-Dex in both motos by scrubbing that international, and like it, it looked like it was like, James Stewart when he first did. You know what I mean? Like it was like, that unreal, that much unreal. bigger than the other guy near than other like, T-Dex. That much bigger than the rest of the guys in that class. Like yeah, it, it was next level for a Canadian scrub, and it was raining and it was wet and slippery, and that's obviously what helped the scrub <laughs> because he was scrubbing the wheels were washing out from underneath Sliding, him but yeah. he made multiple passes there that that was like his best spot on one of the best spots on the track like he made a lot of his passes on those two jumps the little step down coming in and then obviously the big international but yeah. if i thought we were going to lose an overall that was the one i mean i thought there's no way in hell he's coming back to second i didn't think he'd even get third if he if he had got third at, there's hope for um and overall, when he got into fourth, I'm doing it here because you got to do the math and go back to look at it. He was at, he was just a little over 18 seconds behind yeah. T Degs when yeah. he got into fourth on the seventh lap. Now you look at the front too. He, so he crossed on 24th. Obviously, he was farther back. 24th to ninth in two laps. Like yeah. the <laughs> the speed that these top guys have to that ninth back to fucking 24th is yeah. it is unreal, man. Like two twenty. 226 yeah, is you go back yeah. to the guys near the bottom they're 305s yeah right what is that that's 40 seconds man. yeah yeah I know. 40 seconds a lap yeah. oh, 
slower than our top guys here. So absolutely insane the the, the gap out there. It's um, and this is the professional thing. This isn't like we we you know we can kind of jokingly say that like about Ev Broder and the women's and then the last girl. Like just the girls that are last in the ladies class of the premier or the women WMX, they barely make it around the track. Yeah. Some of them barely get around the track, right? These guys are pros that are, you know, they're clearing all the obstacles. They're more than capable of getting around the track, and they're still 40 seconds off the pace. Yeah. Fucking unbelievable. Um, now let's get into the moto number two. Um, they both <coughs> excuse me, they both come out pretty much right right there. Dylan has to make a couple passes, right? Yeah. Um, to get into he makes some passes, makes them right away, and he just kind of dogs. Dogs Pettis for a while. Pettis does a good job. And then um, I don't really know why Jess did this. I mean, there is some animosity there. They have never really gotten along, I don't think, ever. Um, but he full he has a full brake check at the top of the Shaw Valley when you go down and back up the top. Full brake check. They say it on TV. I'm like, oh, my God, he said a full brake check right there. or Because uh, in the where he did it, it wasn't like it was a spot where he got stuck. Right, like they, yeah, just a rut. So it was a brake check. Um, not even three turns later, Dylan makes the pass on the inside. Chess kind of makes a little bit of a mistake opening the door, but the pass looked like it might have been coming anyway. Um, right after the finish line, into the left hander up on the table, and then Dylan throws the left arm off. Boom, number one to your eyes with the middle finger. <laughs> um, the race goes on. They finish this. Sean Moffelbier has another great motor. We'll talk about that. And then all of a sudden, we get to the podium. And so when on the TV side of things, we, uh, the Fox sports racing ends on the hour, right? Like we actually had it usually three minutes to the hour cause they run like an outro and then they do some commercials until, um, it was six o'clock, right? So it was six o'clock when the moto ends. So that would be where the TV show ends. Well, I get down to the podium and it's like five forty-two, So I've got 18 minutes to kill. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like 18 minutes of live TV. I'm like, okay, I got to do the interviews. Plus, they have to do the live podium, right? So I've got to wait a little bit and you know, you're not supposed to wait for TV usually, but I only have, eight, I have 18 minutes. We have time. So I talk to another diggers with somebody. I do a quick little interview with Diggs, and I was going to do KT, but he went over to the other side um, and do Roy kind of wandered away. So anyway, the riders started to kind of funneling down. So I get Moff, I get Pettis and I didn't even ask Pettis about the brake check. I just thought, Hey, what a great rebound. Good day, blah, blah, blah. And then as I'm about to get Dylan, they're going to do like the podium overall with the champagne. So I'm like, he can go do that. And then I'll wait for him to come. So I start talking again, but as he kind of comes off the stage to get the trophy to go back up, though, you hear Pettis like, no, with it clear as a thing. And I, I, I asked, I called Justin Thompson. I'm like, did you hear that on TV? Cause I was right beside him. And it's like, what the fuck's your problem, dude? And then they get into a heated face to facer right there on camera. I'm kind of talking about it, but I can't hear what they're saying because I'm trying to focus on what I'm saying. Yeah. And but I'm like trying to like lean my ear in and and the mic and stuff. And so I don't know really what was said after that. And then they watered up, did Dylan his podium. I bring it back down, and of course I ask him the tough questions like, "Hey, uh, can you give me a little insight? What happened with you and Jess? We were just listening in there, and it sounded a bit heated." And he's like, "Yeah, you know, emotion. He handled it perfectly, like professional." Yeah. Um, but. I mean, I don't um, know if you got back to the truck there, and you can tell that story that you told maybe before uh, you went off or before we got online if you wanted to, but um, not the, the other one, but coming off the track. Um, but uh, I don't know if it, it was more said under the tent because they were right across no. from each other or anything, but it, there's, it some, there's some heat right now, boys, between the yeah. number one and the 15. There is some heat. I mean, we obviously, with the I didn't see the brake check because I was on the other side of the track, but 
as soon as, I mean, Dylan's a passionate guy. I mean, he wants to win. Um, you, when you see him, he is like crazy focused and, and, and whatever, but he was pissed and I knew he was pissed. So I kind of, as soon as the white flag came out, I came right down to the exit of the track because I knew he was the words that were shared at the podium were going to happen there. And I thought, let's try to defuse the situation. But how did you know that he was mad coming off the track? Did you see the middle finger thing or did you well, yeah, hear, so, hear something over the radio? Yeah, thought, so the middle, the middle finger thing came over the radio and what oh, okay. kind of ironic to this situation was, so I'm like, I'm like thinking like my brain's spinning a million miles an hour. He just did this. I got my head down a little bit and I'm talking to the radio and I'm walking I run right into Doug Pettis. Like I, I like walk right up. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, sorry, man. Sorry. I was just thinking I was like, cause I was like, had my head down to trying to run through scenarios and, and whatever, just my brain was going a million miles an hour. But anyways, um, yeah, I just hopped on the back of the bike with Dylan. I'm like, let's go, let's go. Let's get up to the podium. It's all good. Good moto, like way to rebound, everything like that. But then obviously, you know, I think, Words need to be said. I mean, this isn't something that's new. I mean, this has been happening in our sport for a long time. Look at the the James Stewart, Chad Reed stuff. And, you know, I mean, obviously it's a different level and those were massive takeouts that those guys were doing back in the day. But um, these guys are serious, man. The, the, the four of them, Dylan, Jess, Sean, Tyler, like you, you see more want out of those three guys. Obviously we didn't get to see Jess that much last year, but these guys want to beat Dylan, and yeah. I think that they're trying to mentally try to beat him. I think speed-wise that Dylan always seems the same as time qualifying today. It was like Pettis was one pretty much the whole time. Moff would jump to the top, and then right at the very last minute, Dylan drops another second somewhere, right? So it's like they got to try to find a way to beat him, and 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 this might be this might be part of it. Um, I have a feeling some of the other teams might be a bit – irked maybe pissed there's a word about the tire swapping and everything like that not that you're not allowed to do that but i felt like on on our side of things it seemed like you guys took a little bit more time than you're supposed to down there um maybe that's just me on the tv booth and i saw the two minute warnings and then dylan took an extra two put his two minutes up in when the bike was ready uh give me your thoughts on it. and also in the second one uh poor Braden put the tire on backwards for a second <laughs> <laughs> and that was on TV, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm like, Brady, that's all wrong. He's like, he's like, oh yeah. shit, and he turned it around, but it's so, all good. So I, I listened to you guys. I, I wanted to specifically watch that moto. One, I wanted to see Braden put the tire on backwards again. On I, I watched it uh, <laughs> firsthand, and he, a couple things when he did that. So in the first moto, it was a little bit. Nobody really knew we were going to do it, so the camera wasn't on it until the last second. And then in the second moto. The camera guy was like literally right there and Brady. No, the first photo we had it, but it was the it was the it was angle like, of a guy that was outside. It wasn't exactly like right but on the, you. Yeah. But the second moto, dude, the guy was standing like literally yes. right yep. there. That's Marty. Brady right? got Braden got a little bit nervous and he he puts the tire on and he goes, You gotta be fucking kidding me. I don't know if you could hear that on TV. <laughs> no, but no, I couldn't um, hear that. No. No, he was yeah. So, anyways, Braden yeah. said when the moto was done, he's like, Oh, I'm totally getting Canadian moto memed for this yeah. one. <laughs> um, so anyways good fun but uh the the second one was way quicker the first one uh we did have to throw two minute board up because well one it was pouring rain so we couldn't put gas in the bike until we were under the shelter 
So that would be the reason why it took a little bit longer. Second moto wasn't an issue. We were in the gate. Dylan was ready to go before Daryl even got down there, like to point at the guys. Right. But the reason we did that, obviously I heard Kyle Thompson's side of it and he's not wrong, but both of those tires were broken in. And actually, yeah, they were, they were fully ready to go. So we did break tires in in practice. We wanted to do it because we wanted to try to, I mean, Dylan, we, we all know this on the phone. He's not the best starter. Um, it worked. It didn't work either time, by the way. Yeah. Second, second, one, was <laughs> second one was, second one was better. better yes. Um, yes. Second one was better, but we were going to scrap the whole idea for the second moto. But then we thought, you know, we've talked about this. We've, we've, we've made the commitment to do it. We want to try to give them every little bit of advantage that we can in an area where he's weak. So this is what I thought that was the best thing to do. Derek Schuster thought the same thing and Colton and everybody on the team. So um, it, we could say maybe it was a failure. And the first moto, he did fun. I mean, he, he has a hard enough time. To, I mean, we know he's like one of the hardest guys to listen to him out there on the track, right? He's the loudest guy on the track. So you can imagine trying to creep off concrete isn't his forte. So, uh, yeah, interesting for TV. Moffenbeier, another, I mean, goes 3 3, but another amazing weekend, man. He was charging, he was fighting. Uh, there was a, a close sort of penalty call. Uh, in moto number one, he got pushed off the track. Actually, we have it. It's on TV if anybody wants to watch that. He kind of gets pushed off the track by his uh, Saskatchewan um, counterpart there, Brendan McKee. Yeah. And yep. it was like Sask on Sask crime. Um, <laughs> and uh, but they went and looked at the tire marks. It was it, he. He did it exactly perfect. He stayed right beside the SpongeBob. Slow, no passing, no gaining, all that kind of stuff. So they didn't give him. They didn't give him a penalty. There was talk of it over the radio, I guess, up in my TV thing. Uh, but that didn't happen. But I mean, Moff right now, guys, like, Noof, I mean, yes, he hasn't won. Uh, Dylan's won them all. Pettis won by 25 seconds. But Moffemeyer's found him and this bike and the, the whole focusness. He's, he's, he, he's being himself. And it's impressive to watch right now. I'm, I'm really enjoying it um, just as a fan. And, and uh, I just think it's another good little sort of subplot to what we're getting uh, here in our 450 class. Well, his, his Moto 1 was awesome. I mean, Dylan caught him from so far back and, and got by him. And then it's like Moff just took the fucking Matrix tie down and hooked it right to Dylan. He almost, <laughs> nice. he almost got him back. I was he like, did, yeah. Wow. And I mean, even for Dylan, I'm sure it was a little bit of a shock. I mean, he caught him from 18 or whatever seconds behind and got by him fairly easy. But then, you know, you, you would, I would think, and I'm sure Dylan would think, and you guys on TV would think that you're going to drop him pretty quick, right? But that didn't happen. It was like Sean got another, got another gear, got another second wind, and and really um, kind of towed along with them there till the till the very end when they crossed the line. Moto two, I didn't think was quite as good for Sean, and I believe I heard him say he just couldn't find a flow out there. Yeah. Said in a TV interview. But did anybody notice how hard Keelan Meston raced Moffenbier yes. in the Moto one? Moto one, unbelievable. Like they're, they're buddies, buddies, right? Yeah. Oh, you should hear it on the when I'm on TV. I'm like these guys are roommates. They're gonna have to have a tough time eating craft dinner together this week. And <laughs> like I, it was I was like he was chopping them off and yeah, and ruts, and they kind of yeah. ran into each other. And I'm like, holy Jesus, Keelan! Like know. you're not a part of this championship. Let your buddy go. Yeah. But I know. I mean, and racers are racers, I guess. But they are. I was yeah, the same I mean, thing. I was. Ex- I said the exact same thing. 
I guess I'm not like looking to go like Keelan, you should just pull over and fucking wave them by. But I just thought it was a little much for the situation that Keelan's in. Maybe, I mean, it is his home track and he wants to do well. And he, he did awesome. He got fifth in the first moto, but I just, I was a bit shocked standing there watching him race him like that. And he didn't only race Sean like that. He raced everybody like that. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't just, it wasn't just him. I mean, I believe that Pettis at one point in time did. He had to get him back. Yes. Yes. He had to get him back and there was a close call and, Oh yeah, no. It, it, every single person, every single one of them, yeah. yeah. Um, actually, I think he let Dylan by when he got to him, but he got to him way later in the moto. But yeah, um, yeah. yeah um, for sure. Um, T Dags almost like Natsuki, sort of did good, good points. But that kind of track has never been T Dags' forte. He was great in moto number one, right? He wrote good and strong, but I just I feel like he just wasn't gonna be a guy to to really sendy get all sendy and stuff like that when the track gets super slippery and kind of sketchy and um i just i feel like he's always kind of been that way when it gets into those uh, that kind of territory but um i don't know new if you think about that but it was oh he, i mean he ha he had speed i mean i'm just looking at moto one here for example i mean 232 33s 32s 33s 34 31 on lap yeah. 12 was the fastest lap, 34, 36, 41. The difference with him was, I mean, that is unbelievably consistent in those conditions. He couldn't drop the hammer when he needed to drop it, right? To, yeah. To kind of get that. And, like, that just that backs up what you said. He didn't want to get any sendier than he did. His starts were good, but he didn't have that drop it like Dylan could or even Moth when Moth wanted to turn it up, right? So, yeah, consistent, smart. Um, you know, I, I, I think come east, I mean, we all know that Tyler's good in the sand, go for Dins especially. Um, yeah, I still think it's, I mean, it's the battle for T3 and 4, and even the win. I mean, it's... Oh, yeah. It's not one of these, it's not even, it's not one of these years where when Dylan starts 20th, we know he's going to win, right? Like yeah. last year and the year before. Yeah. So, um, yeah, he's still in the still in the fight. Yeah, I know, big time in the fight there. Good job by those guys. And um, Dylan now sitting on fourteen overalls in a row. Yeah, dating wow. back to twenty twenty one. Fourteen or so fifteen? Because it's Dylan's... fourteen. Okay, good. They're, they good. were both there fucking wrong. <laughs> I'm not gonna argue with him on live television. <laughs> like I did my math before I did set it. <laughs> no. I looked. At, I, I pulled I it up on my that, phone yeah. and I started counting. The only thing that I, I knew if you would know this. Back in 21, he gets a fourth at the third last round, which I think was the the Deschambault one, right? Remember, those are all the, the residency type ones and stuff. Yeah. And I can't, I couldn't remember if he actually had the red plate there or if, or if Jess had it. Remember, they swapped it back and forth a couple times a year. So yeah. I don't. It's it's 14 so, in a row with red plates as well. He has never not had a red plate on for at least 14 in a row as well. So, yeah. um, but uh, anyway, awesome stats. Um, Makai, best best West round, rode good, strong, fought in that second moto with mm -hmm. Troots. Um, that was a good battle, hey? That was an awesome battle. Yeah. And and the pass that Makai put on Troots after the, the mechanics area stuff was a great pass, set him up nice, and then kind of blocked him to hold the line. It was it was good for sure. And Troots said he had a bit of some – or no, he lost his rear brake. That's yeah. what it was. He lost his rear brake, so he couldn't battle back. He really wanted that fifth. But um, – the human yeah. wrecking ball, Andy Truth. Like, he is a big son right? of a bitch. He's fucking, he's you. three feet taller than me, I feel. 
Like, yeah. I, I had to, I felt like I needed a bike stand to put the microphone into his face when I did the interview <laughs> at the end of the day. Um, he's he's, he's a gotten, beast. He's gotten substantially better as the series. I mean, yes, I know we're only three absolutely, rounds in, yeah, but when I, when I kind of first heard about him coming and I asked some people that are would have seen him ride and stuff, and they said, you know, 9, 10, 11-ish, that's kind of where they thought. Because he told you in that interview last night, Goldie, that he never raced for five years or something like yeah, that. So, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, seven, six. I mean, that's that's pretty good. I mean, that's that's in there. I feel like he could be kind of dangerous coming up here a couple weeks off, get a little more comfy, a little more riding. He loves this country. He's enjoying the series. He loves the team. And we're heading to Sand. He's from Belgium. Yeah. He said he lived, what, he 10 said minutes 20, from 20 fucking, minutes from Lommel. From yeah. Lommel, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Lommel's his fucking home track. Yeah. Um, you know, so it could be pretty exciting to have the uh, the Eddie Troots train um, ripping at the dunes here and kind of mixing up. He might not be battling for the win, but he might get a start and, you know, be in there for five to eight laps or something like that or something like that. But it just it could be interesting to see. And he he's loving it. Like, he's loving it. His his wife, Avery Barry, there getting second in the, in the women's class and – it's a great little pack as they are, they're having a blast. He seems like a great guy. He's got a big smile on his face and, yeah. and, um, yeah, like, like having him around for shoes. So, uh, so are you the, are you the start? Are you the captain of the Andy truth train? <laughs> the here truth now, train. Uh, yeah. Let's just jump on board. The truth <laughs> trains coming to your, coming to a town near you. Train coming to go for dunes. going to yeah. just fucking yeah. hit every rough line and just manhandle the bike just around there. Hey, through. you got to, yeah. You got to make up a, another Simpson thing here, Ken. Make up a, a meme or something with uh, Ralphie when he says, I choo choo choose you. <laughs> you can put, I truth truth choose you. Like that. There we go. I got to. Fuck, I'm smart, boys. I got to go on here. Like, get the Instagram going. going. Yeah. <laughs> I truth truth truths you. Um, yeah, good ride, Andy. Uh, Elmore, what happened in the first motor? The guy's running fifth and ended up eighth, and I don't have a fucking clue what happened. He obviously crashed, but well, he was he going great. He went down on the start of Moto Two. Yes. Um, I don't know what happened to him. I mean, he goes from two two thirty nines to two fifty fours. One lap, so obviously he crashed. He went back to seventh and then faded to eighth. But yeah, not a. I mean, still a good solid day for him, but not that five five that we saw um, in Camlets, right? He was not far behind um, uh, Moffenbier. At the beginning of the race, right? If you look at those lap times, mm-hmm. he wasn't that far behind the the Moff Madag sort of two three when Pettis was checking out um, there, right? And so uh, he was, you know, two thirty four lap times. He was only a couple of seconds off the pace there for that. But anyway, good ride, but didn't the end result didn't seem to. No, be where, him, where, him and Gibbs went down on the start of the second. Second one, yeah, yeah, yeah I saw that. Yeah. Um, Eels a little bit quiet, ten nine, still solid. Gibbs nine ten, but a great second moto coming all the way back to tenth. Uh, Gadak was up there in Moto Two. No, yeah, Moto, it was both, it was yeah. a Moto Two or both of them. Like yeah. he got some good starts. I was good to see. Um, ten, 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 nine, nine. Yeah, he was in the top ten there. Yeah, the I, it, it's cool seeing names like uh, when you cross the first lap, right when they click up on my TV screen. I'm like, hey, right yeah. on, this guy got a good start. Oh no way, where we go? Here we go. And um, Julian Benick was a little off. He had some crashes, I guess. Eleven fifteen. I don't see. He, he's got to be better than that. Like that, that's in this field, man. Yeah, that's not. I think I. That's not, I mean, I don't know what happened or if there was issues or whatever, but eleven fifteen. I mean, you got you got to be better than that. Being oh, he's, and he has been. Yeah, he's, like, he's yeah. got to be up in this in the five to nine. 
he has yeah. to do that. In an Instagram, he did put out an Instagram post today saying that he needs to work on his conditioning for the East Coast. Well, I yep, sure as weeks. fucking hope so. Like, it might be a little late. It's going to get fucking tougher at uh, Gopher. Yeah. Like, we're, not, we're not doing the Supercross track out there for that round, eh? but it's the fucking real track. Yeah. Uh, Brendan Sipple, not fucking the stitch of them all day. 14-14, great day for the kid. Yeah. From Texas, from Austin, Texas. Uh, Brendan McKee was the rider that uh, got in it with Moff there, but he still wrote a good, got some good points. Spadatini, more points there, good for him. Bryant Humiston, new. Yeah, he caught no. iron practice. Oh, because he was in the wrong practice. Well, I don't know if he was so right or wrong. He was in the. He went in the two fifty A group. Really? And I'm looking. I'm oh, looking. At, so I'm. I'm watching, and the very first, the, like the untimed one. I'm watching the timing. I'm helping Alex just to help him with the yellows and stuff. And I'm like, why does this guy say he signed up for 450 Pro? And I'm like, they look, he's like, oh, yeah, 450 Pro. And I, I don't know if he's on a 350 or not. But anyway, him and Nathan Knox, him and Nathan Knox both went out in the fucking 250A group um, in the first untimed session. And they're both 450. I'm not even saying how does this happen on the Jetwork side. How does this happen as a rider? No, like, well, they're obviously a little bit rubbery because apparently they were all standing or sitting underneath the thing, underneath the, the gate yeah. thing, right? And then they just fucking went. They just didn't pay attention. But yeah, no, a little bit of a um, – this week's rubberhead nod goes to Bryant, Humiston, and Nathan Knox for going to the wrong yeah. practice. And luckily that was the uh, untimed right? Because I think if they did that in the tied one, don't they get DQ'd? I, I don't know. Yeah, like they wouldn't I, get their time, right? I've never really heard of this happening before. Yeah, true so. enough. So there's no rule in the book about this one. Uh, Charlie Johnson, way to go. Race tech suspension, 16-19. Todd Mini, 15th, 22, but 15th is solid. Um, he gets very excited when I say, I'm like, you can run my bike at the East Coast if you want. And uh, I don't think he'll pull it together, though. Um, Tyler Shuchuk, a uh, bit of a story behind this. He moved up last week. Great. We talked about it. Um, he has He can't get his bike fixed. So uh, our, our motocross community comes together. A buddy of his, um, I'll say it, Brentwood Roofing, Jim Scott, gave the kid some money to help him buy a brand new 350 this week so he could race. Nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah didn't cool. have, he didn't have the money, and they were going to sell it. They figured it all out. He gave him the money. It was pr pretty cool to get the kid back out there on the road. He's a real nice kid, uh, 30, 30th, 16. He said he – I did an interview with him there. I think he said he crashed and – got run over in one of the valleys like that type of track for an Ontario kid is like fully yeah. new right like you don't <laughs> see it right like remember when we went there for the first time new it's like oh yeah. fuck this is pretty crazy right and uh yeah um dairy sort of finishing where he is 2017 kind of quiet um I don't see any other name Nick Collins had a bit of an off day for a local guy well, I, think, I, expected, I expected more of Nick Collins home track um would have thought he was better but the highlight of my 450 class here is in 29th place 50-some years old. Yes. <laughs> I thought he would have got points, actually. I would have thought he got points, too. Yeah, Honestly, I, I really <laughs> thought. Um, Kevin Dupuis, who finished right in front of me, he's an off-road guy. Uh, yeah. His first national. Yeah. Uh, older guy, too. He's got kids that race. Well, his yeah, 65s and super mini, right? Yeah, yeah. Hayden. Fast. Hayden Dupuis is really fast. Yeah. yeah, and then his kids fast on 50s, Cade Dupuis. Uh, uh, Zane Melifont, what's going on there, dude? For, shouldn't that be a little better, too? Yep, no. that could be better. Um, he has had some 15th. I think he got a 15th in a moto in Edmonton. And yeah, I don't know. Uh, Seven, 17, 17. 
2017, 17 at Edmonton, yeah. and then hasn't cracked the top 25 since. But um, a guy that listens to our podcast that will listen to this, um, and I hope he doesn't get mad, but Ethan Ouellette. You're yeah, better. yeah, he's better, better than that, man. So, hey, Moto 1, they're, uh, just as Dylan's finishing doing his thing, uh, Daryl's panning the line, and he's right up the very inside gate, and the biggest clump of fucking mud falls from his bike right onto the yeah, concrete onto the in between concrete, his tires. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, that's not going to be good. And, of course, he doesn't have a mechanic or anything in there to get out reach out. He tries to, like, it. kick him it out. Girlfriend, yeah. Him and his girlfriend go to the races, but I just know that he's a better rider than that, right? Like, yeah, it's not going so good. Ride. I just don't start. know. Yeah, it's just, I mean, I get it. It's tough, but. He hasn't even better. got a point. He hasn't got a point yet. You know? No. Uh, yeah, he's better than that. We've seen him better than that. Yeah. Um, I think that's it. Nobody else on this list that, uh, you know, that kind of had a good weekend. I mean, we got a couple week break now, boys, and we got some drama, um, some heated drama in the 450s. Yep. The storylines of the dad, Benoit, racing the kid, McNabb, and then Harrison in all of it, and Noski showing up. It's going to be I, – I think the East is going to be I, – I, I mean, we're getting delivered some great racing already. I just have a feeling it's going to continue. I don't see anything changing uh, as we head East. No, no, I think uh, it's going to be good, man. I mean, we know how tough it gets. Um, the heat, the humidity, the who knows what digger has digs groomed the tracks. Oh, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, that's going to be a question, isn't it? <laughs> you never know with him, right? Just, just well, it depends. You know, if he's doesn't have enough gas for the dozer, or he wants to ride around the side by side, or uh, we'll see. <laughs> but remember how fucking rough it was oh the, the Friday national to the to the it was the next day, right? Or no, it went to Sunday. Yeah, Sunday. I, yeah. yeah, like oh my god, that place was so. No, we ran your fun. we ran your amateur day on Friday, and then we raced the national. That, oh, that's what it was. That's what, no, because. Remember, uh, Welton oh, won one Friday moto. afternoon or something. Yeah, Welton won the one round. There was like a one moto format, yeah. just like the WMX and the premix did there last weekend. And then, and then, uh, yeah, the track was, it was just unbelievable. It was unbelievable. Um, yeah. But uh, whatever. All right, big thanks to KTM, Husqvarna, and Gas Gas, Race Tech, Bristol Coachworks, and, of course, um, big shout-out to CallusMoto.com, CMXU. Use that code at checkout to get 20% off all your Callus Moto needs. They can do you in the mountain bike world or in the dirt bike world. They can they can set you up. CMXU will get you 20% on checkout on all of their products. Um, another good one, boys. A couple weeks off. We'll definitely do another one next week. Yeah. Uh, let's keep it going right week to week. We won't we won't take that break. We got uh, lots of sponsors. I'm gonna talk well, to HR about that. I want a week off, man. <laughs> well, um, that just shows where you sit on the pedestal of employees. All right, I know why you need a week. Are you, you got a, that Big Mac's just still sitting on you that he ate in Canmore last night, stuck. You need some time. To I, I ate McDonald's twice on the way home because I was driving home so late. The only thing open when I was going through Kindersley, Saskatchewan, <laughs> was McDonald's. So Ken, I ate just it two, a, just two a times a in a row. Picture yeah. of health out here with yeah. McDonald's. <laughs> no, I don't feel good today. Uh, all right, we'll have the managers manager check in this week, and of course, our, uh, well, it might not be a rookie again, but because there's not many rookies, but we called it that. Well, that report, and then uh, we'll keep touching base boys, get some news heading into next week. And um, sounds, really like we, sounds like we got some guys going to Red Bud too, hey, on the week off. Ah, uh, that's right. Yeah, that's uh, the yeah. weekend before the dunes, right? Not this coming one, the next weekend, next weekend. after that. And uh, last but not least, big shout out to Crystal and Dustin Heikinen for providing us with the VIP status under the tent yes. yeah, uh, for you. all the CMXU awesome. staff. 
and my wife, uh, Adrian, stepped in there. Ken went in there. And then, of course, uh, Scotsy and Roxy um, Lockhart were able to go in there. So big thanks to those guys. Um, track was great this weekend. Weather was kind of shit for a minute, but it made it for a perfect uh, racetrack. So uh, they can't it control that. Nice. But It was nice to be back in Calgary. That was uh, 100%. What an yeah. amazing place. That, that's my first time being there, and I, I was just blown away by it. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, it's pretty wild. There's a dirt bike track in the middle of the city. Right in the middle, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, amazing. And yeah. Uh, shout out to Blackfoot Direct for Friday night. And also, uh, go support Team Canada. Team uh, Team Canada MXON. Um, Google the website. I don't know what it is right now. I think it's TeamCanadaMXON.com. And then on Instagram, they got tons of stuff for sale out there. Uh, raising money to send the send the boys to France this year. Ernie France, we did a cool thing on Friday that I helped host with Courtney Lloyd. Um, so they're up to about oh, thirty grand ish right now, and yeah. Yeah. yeah, the grand total that they want is about is sixty five. So just under halfway there. Keep People chugging. are doing an amazing job and keep trailing along. So if you can't get a hold of them, hit us up. We'll get you in touch with everybody and hey, show, show how maybe, you can support. Maybe the, uh, Ken can sell his golf and donate the money to Team Canada next time. Get an extra four hundred bucks in there, yeah. Barely pay for a fucking Big Mac meal. Yeah. <laughs> All right, boys. Good to see you guys this weekend, and uh, we'll chat soon. Okay. Sounds good. See ya. It's my little foothills heaven on that northern rocky range. My favorite place to be, and Mister, that ain't gonna change. And I'll pray to Old Chief Mountain. I'll be back again someday. Just in time for you to hear me say It's my little foothills heaven on that northern rocky range And I hope that I'll get back again someday Well, I can see down to Montana on a clear and sunny day And I may just ride down there with my honey for the day If there's trouble at the border, I'll say, hey, well, that's okay Cause I'd just as soon be back home anyway To my little